On today's show, it is a preseason divisional preview with Heather Engel of NHL.com, Buffalo Sabres correspondent. We are going to discuss the Buffalo Sabres offseason moves after just falling short of the postseason, how they compare with Ottawa and Detroit as well. Is Devin Levi the guy? And will the Buffalo Sabres make the postseason? Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Thursday, October 12th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast network where it's your team every day thank you for making the lockdown florida panthers podcast your first listen of the day i'm ramon Velez from the hockey news and you can follow me on x at monoman 12 follow the show account on x and instagram at lo underscore f l a panthers and shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily florida panthers fix and today's episode is brought to you by fanduel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. More about FanDuel a little bit later in the show. But right before the start of the season, if you have been listening to the show for a while, you have seen many different episodes bringing in different personalities in previewing the Atlantic Division rivals for the Florida Panthers. But for today's show, uh, we are bringing in Heather Ingall, NHL correspondent for the Buffalo Sabres here on the show. And Heather, thank you so much for coming on to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thanks for having me. So I want to I want to I want to first start off with uh, what what was once game 82 ended for the Buffalo Sabres uh, last season? What what was the feeling like for for the for the organization and the team? I know the Pakula family has invested a lot with the. Uh, I know they're also the same owners of, with of the Buffalo Bills and them making the postseason. But with falling just short, I mean they were basically eliminating game eighty one of, of the of the of the season, which the Florida Panthers also clinched that same night. But what was the feeling like once game eighty two was over for the Buffalo Sabers? They were disappointed. They came that close with. You know, some really a couple of bad stretches, one in November and one through February, and they managed to claw their way into being, you know, a point behind the Panthers and being that close to making the playoffs. It sort of let it left a sour, bitter taste in their mouths. They they believed that they could make it. And that's what their motivation is for this year is that they were that close and they're only going to get better. So they were. uh yeah, they were very disappointed that they didn't make it. Yeah, and and still, this team is a, is is in the middle of a pretty long playoff drought. Past, past which they passed the Panthers after the Panthers went from 2001 to 2012, not making the postseason. But we'll get more into the whole postseason conversation a little later in the show. But there is a lot of transactions as far as the Buffalo Sabers. A good majority of their pieces came back into the the mix. Uh, um, Rasmus Dahlin got an extension eight times, eight times, 11 million. You bring in some le- leaders of Eric Johnson to play on that bottom pair on the defense nice. as, as well as Connor Clifton uh, from, from the Boston Bruins as well. But there's, there's also uh, a, one player 
who I want to discuss, who was recently drafted as uh, as uh, recently as Zach Benson, 13th overall from the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, talk about the excitement level of of him and and the and the preseason that he had because I did. I'm going to be truthful. I I did not watch uh, much Buffalo Sabres hockey during the preseason. So tell us from your perspective as the NHL correspondent what you've seen out of that and also the other offseason move to bring some leadership in to this organization. Well, start with Benson. I mean, their plan for him was he'll play a few games and then they'll send him back to his team now in Wenatchee uh, in the WHL. And but he just every you know they figured three games. You know that's what they did with Matt Savoy last year, three games or so, and then at you know the second week of camp they returned him to junior. But Benson just has really impressed. I mean, the notice on him was he's got that tenacity. He's got the offensive skill, but he's got that tenacity. He's a hound on the puck. And for an 18-year-old kid, he's got the defensive awareness, which is tough for any guy at any age, but he has it at such a young age that he can man that he's managed well. And uh, so they kept, so he ended up playing, I think six of the seven games that they had and he earned himself a spot. Like Kevin Adams and Don Granado said, it wasn't, they weren't going to hand him a spot. It's, you know, they wanted to be forced into making hard decisions. And he did that. And they sort of, he sort of in a way benefited from his own play and also the absence of Jack Quinn and Matt Savoy getting hurt in the prospects tournament that sort of opened the door a sliver, but they still had extra forwards. They still had prospects that were pushing for the NHL. And it was Zach Benson that just pushed bulldozed his way through to earn that spot. And didn't matter who he was playing with, whether it was, Tate Thompson and Jeff Skinner or Casey Middlestat and Jordan Greenway. He's just, he's played his game and earned a spot on the roster. And then, yeah. and then, sorry, go ahead. Go, go ahead. And then for the veterans, they needed, they needed some help on their penalty kill and Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton will do that. And I mean, Eric Johnson, he's been through a team that's trying to bounce through that, you know, get through out of that rebuild from go from rebuild to, playoff contention to Stanley Cup contention. So he's going to provide a lot of knowledge and experience that these guys, you know, they don't have. They've, you know, there's only a handful. Alex Tuck and Kyle Poso, uh, maybe Jordan Green is playing the playoffs. I'm not sure. But there's only, a, you know, barely a handful who have tasted the playoffs. So last year's little run gave the rest of the guys a little experience of playoff-like games. And now they'll get to learn exactly how to handle things even more yeah and it's funny because the matchups between the florida panthers and the buffalo sabers towards the end of the season the february game where the panthers forward anthony duclair came back into the mix right before the trade deadline that loss seemed like a big debt into the florida panthers season and then a few months later it was the the it felt like the opposite when when the florida panthers defeated yeah. the buffalo sabers in in that matchup uh, not necessarily mathematically eliminating them but putting putting a little bit of debt in in the play playoff hopes as well and you mentioned bringing back their captain kyle Pozo. um uh, a necessary leader for them. You mentioned Matthew Savoy starting on season opening IR for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, um, no, no Jack Quinn to start the season as well, but also the years of rebuilding and assets as well for the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, from, from my count, I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five first round picks from the organization. And then, uh, and then bringing in guys outside of the organizations via trade, whether it was the Jack Eichel trade or the Ryan O'Reilly trade, I'm talking about Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. What does that say about just the 
the front office and the coaching staff. I know Don Granado has been the head coach for not that long, but what does that say about what they're trying to build here? Well, Kevin Adams has said from the beginning, he's, he has a plan and he's being patient with his plan and he's not going to try to rush, you know, things just to get to somewhere quicker. That was the issue with previous regimes. They, saw, you know, glimpses of hope, and then they quickly tried to put pieces in that maybe weren't the right pieces or weren't there at the right time or whatnot. Kevin Adams has made it a point to, we're going to let these guys grow together and learn together. That's the best way for them to get to the next step. Let these guys learn. And then, you know, not everyone's going to last through the contention. There's going to be guys that are going to move out in and out. And that's something else the group is going to have to learn to deal with is, Guys, you know, close teammates because they're a very, very tight knit group. But so guys that you're that you know that are basically your brothers are going to be leaving at some point, whether you know not by choice, and they're going to have to deal with that. But they've now got stability from front office coaching standpoint and in the room. And it's in my this is my this will be my this is the start of my sixth season. Uh, it's you know it's a completely different vibe. Mm. No, no, no doubt, and 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 for the Buffalo Sabers, uh, you talk about a, even high 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 drafted players like a Jack Quinn spent some time in the AHL, and even even the the pick that the Buffalo Sabers used from the Sam Reinhart trade with the Florida Panthers and Yuri Kulich, he, it looks like that he's going to spend a little bit of time with the Rochester Americans this year. So it's a little we're seeing more of that patient approach that we're we're that that you you were saying as far as that even though your Coolidge had a great world junior just a few seasons ago but we're going to transition over to our second segment here on the locked on florida panthers podcast where we're going to discuss more about the goalie situation in with for the buffalo sabers so we are going to discuss that next here on the locked on florida panthers podcast but first we're going to tell you all about FanDuel sportsbook and snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place to get into the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So you can play, maybe place your bets on possibly the Buffalo Sabres making a, a postseason appearance or the Florida Panthers making it back to the postseason. Maybe, maybe you could see um, cup runs as well as far as that. The, the, you could find that all on FanDuel.com. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NHL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment number two here on this Thursday, October 12th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Thursday. And once again, another uh, episode here where we're bringing in a personality based on coverage of an Atlantic division foe for the Florida Panthers. Uh, we have Heather Ingall here of the of NHL.com Buffalo Sabres correspondent here. And Heather, I, I and this is something that interests Florida Panther fans uh, so much, and definitely interests me as someone who who watches this team every single day. And just a few seasons ago, when you know 
the Buffalo Sabres were starting to go into their new direction as far as young, young talent as well. Jack Eichel was out of the picture. We mentioned Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then Sam Reinhart being one of them, uh, Sam Reinhart's performance for the most part was a lot better when Jack Eichel got hurt too. He started to really take into shape and then uh, of course, earned himself a contract with the Florida Panthers, the uh, 32 power play goals in the last two seasons, uh, which is a Florida Panthers record uh, for a two season span. But the other part of that trade is a big one uh, for, for the Buffalo Sabres uh, side of things. And that is their the seventh round pick Devin Levi. And it, it's crazy. Even before that trade happened, Spencer Knight versus Devin Levi, Panthers goaltender versus Panthers goaltender, USA versus Canada, where Spencer Knight got got the best of, of that one, winning gold for Team USA. And now with that trade, a, a and the and the and Devin Levi being in the top ten in 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 the Hobie Baker vote, voting as well from from Northeastern, and then coming into the mix late into the season, and now. No Craig Anderson, former Florida Panther goalie as, as well. Uh, and now him being into the mix, there's a lot of expectations, but the, the question remains, he's young. He's coming into the, a, new, a new situation with the NHL. And then there was questions, should the Buffalo Sabres go ahead and facilitate a trade for Connor Hellebuck? Now that's no longer a thing with Connor Hellebuck getting his extension with the Winnipeg Jets or, or someone like a John Gibson as, as well, who maybe wants out of Anaheim. So what do you make of Devin Levi and the expectations for him and also the goalie tandem for the Buffalo Sabres because they are currently carrying three goalies with Uka Pekalukkanen and Eric Cromrie on the roster? I mean, the way ever since they acquired Devin, I mean, Kevin Adams is, it's clear how high he is on him. And I mean, Devin comes, he's taken a bit of a different path, but he's he's always had the talent and he's been known for like, you know, back in Montreal, even before he was drafted, there was, you know, people knew about us, you know, people in the community sort of knew in the hockey community knew about him. And um, he's just, he's, he's got a really strong mental makeup that, and he's got, and he's got the talent, the size is obviously people question, but you know, smaller goalies have made it. I mean, you look at Saros, and that's one of the guys mm-hmm. he says he looks up to as, you know, proof that he can he can do this. And, I mean, he has all the tools. He has the athleticism, and just he's excelled wherever he's gone. And this will be something different for him because the grind of the NHL season is like anything else, isn't like anything else. And you don't have, you know, college, you're playing on the weekends or whatnot. This is going to be different and, you know, learn how to take care of your body better. But he certainly appears to have one. He seems to be the front runner to start uh, in their season opener against the Rangers. And he certainly seems like he's the guy. He won't necessarily play 60 games, but we'll see how they how they split it. Don Granado said on Wednesday that he didn't know he didn't have a specific plan in mind for how the three goalie rotation will go. They'll just sort of play, I guess, play by ear or see how, you know, everything factors in, maybe opponent, maybe just travel or whatnot. But he didn't say, he didn't say those things specifically, but they'll see how it goes. But um, they, they like the fact that they have these three goalies that can push each other. It's, you know, it's a competition and, and they all, they get along really well. And uh, it'll be, 
interesting to see who ends up being his backup, who ends up taking a more of the backup role. Yeah, and 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 with I remember the situation uh, with the uh, with the Buffalo Sabres goaltending is because Craig Anderson was only starting once a week basically, and because uh, uh, because of the whole waivers exempt from the guy from even before uh, Devin Levi came into the picture of sending someone down as far as a paper transaction, but actually not sending them over to Rochester and bringing in an extra forward or defenseman as well, and then bringing them back uh, when when there's a start. Uh, do you think that the that do you think that Kevin Adams and Don Granado will do something on on an off day where Devin Levi is not starting? Uh, I don't think so. They I don't think they'll make any paper moves because right now, I mean, they've got their well, they have a roster spot for goalie. They don't they're not in any rush to create another roster spot. If but injuries change a lot of things. It's you know all mm-hmm. it takes is one guy getting knocked up and you need to call someone up and you don't have the roster spot cat, you know, that's so that could be an option. They could, I'm trying to think there are some other players who are still also waiver exempt, but I don't think they want to do that. But if the situation calls for it, maybe they will. But I, I think that I, I would think eventually at some point they'd like, to, you know, probably sooner rather than later, get the goalie situation, um, get the goalie situation settled and have two because three is not ideal because you're not, you know, one guy, is, you know, or two guys aren't getting enough reps necessarily in practice. So it, you know, whoever's getting the start or whatever will get the bulk of the reps, but then you've got two other guys splitting, which is not always ideal. So I think they'll eventually it will be figured out some way, one way or another when, who the heck knows? Mm-hmm. What, one other question before we transition over to segment number three is uh, recently on 32 Thoughts, uh, Elliot Freeman was talking about the Florida Panthers being in on Patrick Kane. Um, and for for me personally, I think it's very doubtful that they can fit it salary cap wise for the Florida Panthers as well um, for their injuries and LTIR space as well. But with the expectations, which we'll get into, into Buffalo's playoff chances in segment number three. Uh, but with Patrick Kane being from the area and with the all amount of cap space that the Buffalo Sabres have, and there's apparently a good relationship between between uh, between Patrick Kane and um, people in the organization. What do you make of the possibility of him uh, signing signing with the Buffalo Sabres this year? When, once he's healthy, yeah, that, I think it'll depend on where the Sabers are at when he when he gets healthy. I'm sure they're keeping their eye on it. It's you know, like Kevin Adams says, you know, like he's always making phone calls, whether it's with other teams or whatnot. That's what a, G, a good GM does is they've always got their ear to the ground and paying attention to what's going on. Um, Kevin Adams knows was in Chicago when Patrick Kane was a rookie. It was his rookie year, so he knows him from that uh, from that time. So that relationship goes back a while. But I think it'll if that does happen, I think it'll just depend on when he's ready to go and what the Sabres look like at that point, you know, if they feel they need him and, you know, like they're not going to go anything long-term with him. If he wants more than a year, I can't see that happening. There's too many mm-hmm. forwards that are pushing that are, you know, they want to let some of their players graduate. It's he's not Kevin Adams doesn't want to block anybody. So if, uh, if, whenever he's healthy enough and they feel it's a good fit, 
you know, originally I would have, you know, a few years ago would have thought, no, it'll never happen. But then, you know, you hear Kevin Adams talk about him. You think, okay, maybe it's possible. I just don't, I, I just don't know. I think it'll depend on what the situation is with the Sabres at that time. Yeah. Health, health is definitely a factor for him and you don't want to put more than one year of term as well because of that and with the turnaround of the buffalo sabers looking to be in a positive trajectory as well that that definitely could be that possibility of him si signing there uh once he is healthy but we're going to transition over to segment number three where we're going to discuss the buffalo sabers playoff chances and where they stand where heather thinks they stand between the other three atlantic division teams in detroit and and ottawa as far as breaking through to make the postseason. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Sleeper. And the NHL season is finally here. And the will the Florida Panthers have the season we've been yearning for? I absolutely love the NHL, and I know you do too. And that's why I want to tell you all about the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, and it's my go-to for fantasy sports especially daily fantasy hockey with sleeper you can win 100 times your cash on daily uh, on daily fantasy once again with sleeper you can win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy hockey and you can use the promo code locked on nhl to get a 100 match on your first deposit yes 100 match when you use promo code locked on nhl on the Sleeper app. The NHL has never been more exciting with studs like Conor McDavid, Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Kale McCarr. You can pick more or less on the stats for these stars like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Panther fan. 100 times payout on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right so you could win big. So use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Welcome back to this thir Thursday, October 12th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Thursday. Once again, doing another preseason divisional episode where on today's show we have Heather Ingall, uh, NHL.com correspondent for the Buffalo Sabres and I've heard I know you've heard the conversation so many times throughout the offseason of one point short, the Buffalo Sabres who can who can score at will, basically. Um led led the led the league in, in goals with over four game. I think it was four point one two. I I don't know the exact number, but it was somewhere around that range. But now, like we mentioned with Devin Levi being part of the mix, uh the the hope is that the, those goals go down. The, the penalty kill with Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton as being part of the mix. And we, we didn't even really go into detail with Rasmus Dahlin getting the, the extension ex expected to be uh, in the Norris conversation. Once again, Owen power is not, hasn't even gotten his extension uh, yet out of the university of Michigan, Mackie Samuskevich's former teammate, but there is that class in the Atlantic division. We we know of the Toronto's Florida's um, Tampa Bay, Boston is a little bit of a question mark with their their turn, turnover, but then there's those three who are trying to break through. For personally, I'm not. I, I don't. I'm. There's a question mark on the on the blue line when it comes to the Detroit Red Wings. 
Ottawa is having the situation with Shane Pinto where he hasn't been extended yet. And they brought in Vladimir Tarasenko in order to extend Pinto. They're going to have to make a move to trade somebody to fit Pinto in for the contract that he wants. So there's a, there's a little bit of questions as far as the center depth for the Ottawa Senators at this point in time. So that gives a, a lot of runway for the Buffalo Sabres to make the postseason. And I filled out my playoff bracket uh, last night, Heather. I have the Buffalo Sabres in the postseason and breaking their playoff drought. What says you as someone who has seen this team every single day for the last six years, especially covering them in, in the media and talking to players, GMs, coaches, what says you about, about where they stand with the three teams in the Atlantic and will they make the postseason? I'll start with that second part. Yeah, I think they will. I think this is the year they break through. They, you know what, they learned a lot that last year they showed that they are learning, you know, those lessons that they need to learn, they are learning them. Like when they had to win those tight games and that, you know, down the stretch to be able to be in that playoff mix, they won them. They, I think, I forget if it was seven, two and one or nine, two and one or what their record was, but they were winning those two games. Look at that game against Florida in April. It was a tight, tight game and they could have won that game, but they just, Mm -hmm. you know. They just didn't, but they've gotten close. You know, they've learned how that, you know, you don't need to, you know, yes, they can win a game six, five, but they can also win a game two to one, three to two, you know, those tight Nick games, which is what you're going to get more often than not in the playoffs. So, yeah. So I think, I think they've shown what they've learned there and there's a strong, very strong belief. They, they're very confident that they can, that they can make it and they believe in themselves and they believe in their coach and they, you know, they believe in what, everything that's being done and what they can do. And now it's up to them to show it, but I think they can do it. And, and, and what about um, comparing them to the other uh, teams in the Atlantic, Atlantic division, like Ottawa and Detroit? Yeah. I'd say Ottawa is probably close, you know, closer to where, you know, to breaking through more than Detroit. I don't know. You know, Detroit sort of seems to be a lot of pieces just being thrown in. Ottawa seems to be a little, better in putting those pieces around them. But uh, it just, I mean, but auto without, you know, until they get that Pinto thing resolved and, you know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, you're losing a big part of their, their offense and it just, yeah. And you, you know, they hope Jacob chicken can stay healthy. That'll be, mm-hmm. that'll be a big thing. And, you know, Jake Sanderson is good. And I think he'll take the next, you know, he'll take a next step. He's, it, I know there's always comparisons between him and Owen Power, but they're two different, their their styles, they're different defensemen. You can't compare them. Um, but yeah, it's Ottawa is probably closer to breaking it, I think. But uh, I mean, if I, I suppose there's a chance Ottawa goes in, I, I don't know, but I feel like it's, I feel like the Atlantic Division will probably take up maybe five spots. It's possible. I, I just you know because of. Buffalo and Ottawa, there's maybe more chance for five Atlantic teams to get in there. But I think Detroit's still a few steps back. They just, they don't have necessarily that game-breaking talent that Buffalo has and that Ottawa has a few, you know, Ottawa has fewer, but still has some game-breaking talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I I, I do think the, what the, 
what the Detroit Red Wings do have going for them is goaltending in, in Vili Husso. A little bit of a rough end of the season as well, but we've seen what Vili Husso can do when he is definitely at his best. Uh, Jake Wallman and Moritz Sider as the top pair. I'm, 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 that's one of the best. That's one. That's an, a, a one that's that I really like as well. But as far as the the, the bottom two, eh, a little bit of question marks uh, there as, as well for for the Detroit Red Wings as, as well. And what kind of Jonas Corposalo are we going to see from from the Ottawa Senator, Senators as well? Are are we going to see are we going to see Bubble Corposalo as well? That, that's the that's the big question for 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 the for the Ottawa Senators as they sign him to a contract and Cam Talbot now with the LA Kings and all. Uh, the matchups this year for the Florida Panthers between the Buffalo Sabers won't be until February this year. Uh, it won't be until February fifteenth at, at in Sunrise, February twenty seventh in Buffalo, and then. April 13th in Buffalo. So it's going to be a while until the Florida Panthers and the Buffalo Sabres meet this season. And maybe those will mean something as far as playoff uh, implications, as well as far as seeding in, in the Atlantic uh, division. So the, the, as far as the NHL and the Buffalo Sabres, the league, it, it, it kind of feels like the Raiders. If you're comparing NFL uh, to NHL, when the Raiders are in the postseason, I feel like the league is in a better place. And I feel that way about the Buffalo Sabres. I believe that the, the league, the NHL in, in, as a whole, is is better when the Buffalo Sabres are in, in the postseason. But, Heather, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, if you have any last words, be, be feel free to, to, to use them. But if, if not, plug in your stuff and tell everybody where they can follow you online well thank you for having me uh yeah it's you know you can find my stuff on nhl.com i know the website's a little new and but uh you can find me on there and uh on twitter x whatever you want to call it uh angle heather and uh also i'm also on blue sky it's say you know my last name and then my first name and whatever the rest of those uh <laughs> that handle is i don't remember what it is but yeah you can search me up my bio is up in there and you can find me yeah that's how you can find me thank you for having me Thank you. Easy to remember, for sure. Thank you so much. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steer Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And everydayers, make sure you you come back later today on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast as we are going to preview opening night between the Florida Panthers and the Minnesota Wild as the Panthers will be taking the ice on Thursday night, 8 p.m. from the XL Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. So I'm Armando Velez with Heather Ingall. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.